Hi, this is Elliot, host of Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and check out our Facebook page for all of the latest updates. If I could ask a small favour, please could you subscribe and review our show on iTunes. By doing this, you'll be helping us reach a wider audience and have a greater impact by challenging perceptions and encouraging people to live a more conscious life. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh. Powerful conversations helping you reconnect with your purpose. I'm Elliot Reeves and my guest today is Evelyn MacDonald. Evelyn is the CEO of Scottish Edge, a funding competition aimed at identifying and supporting Scotland's up-and-coming, innovative, high-growth potential entrepreneurial talent. Here supported by the Royal Bank of Scotland, the Hunter Foundation and the Scottish Government and winners to date have created more than 800 Scottish jobs and generated in excess of £45 million in turnover. Really incredible. Evelyn, it's an honour to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honour to be here. <laughs> Thank in you very so much. beautiful surroundings. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say. Um, it's been fun doing research on your, your background uh, and your story to date, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to having a good chat with you. Great, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh -huh. So I think it would be great if we could um, kind of set the scene and if you could tell us about your background, your growing up, um, maybe touch upon your, your education and really, I suppose, who Evelyn MacDonald is. Well, yeah, that, that, that's quite interesting because a lot of people say, how did I get from where, you know, from, from what I studied to where I am now? And the truth yeah. is that, like many of these things, it was in no way a, a straight path. <laughs> um, but I think what is probably the, the, the key thing about it is that I, I, I discovered a passion quite early on and I very much followed that passion. Um, so I actually started off studying communications at university because mm -hmm. I was really interested in PR and advertising and my first job was actually in internal communications and then my second job actually is what um, exposed me to enterprise because my second job I actually applied to be the assistant manager of a scheme called Enterprise Funds for Youth that was helping young people aged 18 to 25 to set up in business by giving them small grants and small loans. Okay. And I went along to work with, with the manager and one of the reasons they'd taken me on board was because they really needed to promote the fund and so obviously I had the, the skills they needed for that. But very quickly I got really interested in the work and it was with Glasgow Opportunities, which was a, a key enterprise agency at that time, and there were opportunities to train to be a business advisor. Mm. But at the same time, I also felt that it was important to actually learn from a practical point of view. Yeah. And at the time, my partner, who subsequently became my husband, um, has always worked in music uh, and is still is currently a music journalist. And we came up with the idea of actually running a small PR agency which specialised in promoting musicians and artists. So we called it Rosebud Press and Publicity, but only because we were Citizen Kane fans. Okay. And, uh, and so alongside my job at Enterprise Funds for Youth, and for a two-year period, we ran this little agency, which then exposed me to winning contracts, losing contracts, not getting paid, um, delighting clients, disappointing clients, mm. keeping records, all of these kinds of things. At the same time as I was learning that practically, 
I was going through training courses and also learning that as part of the job. Now, Enterprise Funds for Youth was the pilot for an organisation called Prince's Scottish Youth Business Trust and I mm -hmm. then came on board, fortunately for me, and I've had a, a lot of luck in my career. My manager, who was wonderful at Enterprise Funds for Youth and then became the manager at the Prince's Scottish Youth Business Trust, suddenly decided to emigrate to Australia. And even though I don't think I had the right skills and experience at the time, I somehow managed to persuade the director of Glasgow Opportunities at the time to give me the job. And suddenly, at quite a young age, I was the regional manager for PSYBT in Glasgow wow. and decided to really um, do everything I could to make my region the biggest and best in Scotland. Uh, there were 18 regions at that time. So we were the busiest region, handing out the most money, helping the most um, businesses. Obviously, my PR background meant that I was able to thoroughly promote mm -hmm. that opportunity. That then led, not long afterwards, to going into the head office of PSYBT and taking a little bit of a step out of the business support role and going into operations. So I then joined PSYBT and became the operations manager, um, subsequently operations director mm -hmm. for the trust. And then I managed the other, I managed the 18 regional managers across Scotland. So I enjoyed that role, but I always missed the hands-on business support. Mm -hmm. So I did that role for 10 years and then decided to have a family. And at that stage, I realised that being... Um, well, I felt that being, being a mum and doing the operations job, which involved a huge amount of travel and events and so on, I felt that that wasn't something that I could make work. Mm -hmm. And I was honest with the trust about that and said, I think you're going to have to replace me. I'll step down, I'll step out of the trust because I was in a scene, there wasn't really anywhere for me to go after that. Um, and they said, well, is there anything you think we could be doing within the trust that perhaps you could work on having spent so long at the trust and being so dedicated yeah. uh, to the work that it does? And one thing we had been talking about a lot at the trust was the fact that a number of the businesses that that received support through a PSYBT, and it's now the Prince's Trust that, that delivers this role in Scotland. They still struggled to get finance, uh, even like six months, a year, sometimes two or three years down the line. So the same things that made it difficult for them to raise finance in the first place, their youth, their lack of experience, that their lack of, of, of any kind of security that they could use against traditional lending, mm -hmm. were still affecting them a few years down the line. So we had been talking as an organisation about secondary funding. So basically I got the opportunity to come back after my daughter was born and look at that as, as an area. So I came back to two days a week and for six months I studied that. I spoke to businesses, I spoke to, to volunteers in the trust, I spoke to staff, I went out and spoke to banks. And to cut a long story short, we concluded that there definitely was a gap. Mm -hmm. I then spent the next six months setting up what we then called the PSYBT Growth Fund. And in six months, we raised 440,000 and managed to raise it. So a year after oh. I returned to work, um, after my daughter was born, we launched the growth fund. And I then ran that for 12 years and had the time of my life. It was an absolutely wonderful job. So I got the opportunity to see businesses that had come through the trust 
that were really ambitious, wanted to move to the next level, couldn't get the funding that they needed through traditional sources. Mm -hmm. We were able to put in loans of up to £25,000, or even if they could get funding but there were gaps, we could put money in. And we put mentors in, we ran um, networking events, we worked really closely with the businesses, and over the course of the, um, the fund, we helped over 200 businesses, and we had some major successes. So, for example, one of the judges in Edge two rounds ago is a guy called Stuart McDonald of Seric Systems, who now has a eight, nine million turnover IT business in Glasgow, and he was supported through the Growth Fund. The most well-known one that I worked with was Brewdog. So Brewdog came through the Growth Fund around about the time their turnover was 250,000 a year, and they had just started exporting. Um, we also helped a business called Aircraft Medical, um, who exited for over $100 million about two or three years ago. So I got the opportunity to work with amazing people in that time. But also, because I was in business support, I also got the opportunity to get to know a lot of people that work in business support mm -hmm. in Scotland. And one of the things, I, I heard uh, Lynn Cadenhead talk recently, she's the, the chairman of Women's Enterprise Scotland, and she was saying she really hates that phrase, um, which is, um, it's not personal, it's business. Because she says that's absolute nonsense. <laughs> and that really ties into what I feel. I feel everything is personal. Everything is a relationship. Yeah. You know, and one of my mantras is relationships, relationships, relationships. It's all about relationships. It's all about your, you know, in, in Scottish Edge, it's about our relationships with our clients, with our judges, with our supporters. And I really do believe that. And I believe that if you develop the right relationships, you, um, you pay attention to the relationships you do develop, you try to deliver what people want, you communicate effectively with them. Though that creates, and I don't mean that in a deliberate way, but it does create mm -hmm. opportunities. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'd been very lucky that at the outset of the growth fund, we'd been supported by Sir Tom Hunter. So mm -hmm. over the years, I had developed a relationship with Sir Tom. And we'd also, through the Growth Fund, been supported by the Royal Bank of Scotland through Gordon Merrill. He's just a wonderful guy. And so again, I had really got to know Gordon. So when it came for me to apply for the job at Scottish Edge, mm -hmm. I had these pre-existing relationships with actually two of the senior people that were really trying to push Edge forward. Uh, right. I'd also got to know the entrepreneurship department in Scottish government and the heads of various organisations across Scotland in my role. Yeah. And so that made a, a massive difference in, in, in presenting myself as, as a credible potential candidate uh, to get to Scottish Age. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> quite a bit there, <laughs> Not at all. It's, it's a, a, a fantastic... Uh -huh. it's a potted summary, but... Yeah, it's a, it's a good uh, thorough overview uh -huh. um, and really details. So, I mean, going back, I suppose, to when you studied communications, I mean, what were your original aspirations and how juxtaposed to where you are now? You know, was, was this your plan? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I think my is original aspirations to work were to work in a PR or advertising agency. Yeah. One thing that I've realised is that what really, really makes me happy is doing something that has an impact. And mm -hmm. I think back and think that if I had ended up working in advertising or PR, I'm not sure... I mean, I guess that depends on who for. Yeah. Um, but I think that that might have been a bit of an issue for me. 
because what really makes me happy is the, the opportunity to do something that has a positive impact on someone's life. Mm. So, and I've been very yeah. lucky that the jobs that I've done have afforded me the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, hugely within PSYBT and then the Prince's Trust when they took over PSYBT and then very much so again at age. Um, mm -hmm. So you can look around you and, and, and see uh, the benefits actually of, of the work that you do. Yeah. So, which is great. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It, I came across something I need to ask you about this. It was on the Power of Youth website and it said, known by many as the Queen of Scotland due to her grace, prestige and fabulous collection of crowns. <laughs> is, is there any truth in this? There's no truth in that at all. <laughs> uh, um, no, there's no, no crowns. Uh, I do, however, uh, I do have a thing about vintage fashion and clothes. Okay. Um, so... Um, uh, but I'm not sure where the Queen of Scotland. I mean, that that seems to be uh, the last email I got. I got from Power of Youth also described me as Queen Evelyn, and uh, I think that just seems <laughs> so to have been. I, I think I think perhaps it's that. Uh, um, I think I have been on the scene for a long time, so I suppose there is a sort of elder stateswoman aspect to it, and that I have been around for a long time. But I like to think that even though I have that, that. I am still as enthusiastic as I was right at the very beginning. So whilst I, I suppose I do have that a little bit of that role, I, I hope it doesn't come with any uh, any sort of jaded aspects or cynicism because I mm -hmm. think I'm still as hugely enthusiastic about about working with with businesses as as I was right at the very beginning when I first got into Glasgow Opportunities and thought, wow, that. Mm -hmm. This is amazing that there's an opportunity to create something here. Yeah. So Great. Good stuff. <laughs> so no, cr has no crowns, okay. sadly. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Maybe maybe one day. <laughs> um, so Scottish Edge, it was originally formed by a Scottish Enterprise, I understand. Yes. And you took your position in 2014. What does your role entail and, and in what way has it changed since you started? Well, yes. Uh, Scottish Edge, as I say, as I mentioned earlier, was actually originally an idea of Jim Duffy's, which mm -hmm. was discussed with the government and with Scottish Enterprise. And then that idea was taken on very much by two women at Scottish Enterprise, Elaine Morrison and Eleanor Mitchell. And they actually, the competition that they designed then is still actually very much what we run with today. We have added some bells and whistles to it and we have changed ways of doing things. So one thing that I would say is that when, so we took over Scottish Edge in round five and it has changed a bit, mm -hmm. but what we're always trying to do is just iterate it. So we're trying to make it better every time. So at the end of every round, we sit, sit down and look at how can we improve it? How can we improve it from the, very much from the user's point of view? Mm -hmm. So for example, one thing that we spent a lot of focus on right from when we took over Edge was the, what did someone get out of coming into age? So if we are actively encouraging over 200 people to spend a considerable amount of time filling out that application and making a video, what are they getting out of it? Mm -hmm. And um, Stephen, uh, my colleague, who's our uh, Chief Operations Officer, we, um, we wanted to make sure that everyone felt they got something out of it. So we've put a lot of focus on giving everyone detailed feedback at each stage of the process um, to make sure that, that they get something out of it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I think the big change when I came into Edge from Scottish Enterprise is that it was a grant-only competition and we decided to offer grants and loans because essentially when I was brought on board as well as the uh, you know having the mandate to take the competition forward what the board said is you have to reach sustainability and that is still my ultimate goal for for Scottish Edge is that okay. we need to take it to a position where it is a sustainable business competition in Scotland Mm-hmm. And that's my very much uh, my goal and my vision to do that. Okay, so I suppose a two-part question: In what way isn't it sustainable at the moment, and what are the things that you plan to do in order to make it so? Okay, well, well, um, what we were very lucky in terms of the funding that that was made available. So when I came yeah. in, I was in this lovely position where the government had pledged to support for a period of time and mm-hmm. have subsequently continued to do so. The RBS hugely generously pledged 2.5 million from its corporate social responsibility budget and Hunter Foundation pledged to support with our operating costs. So where it's not sustainable at, um, at present is that although this year we are projecting to bring in around 500,000 in repayments for the loans, we're actually lending around a million. Okay. So we need to get to the stage where we're bringing back a million pounds in repayments to cover the, the loans going out. Yeah. We're also in round 11 changing the ratios slightly to try and reduce our dependence on government grants. So at the moment we do 50-50 for the main parts of the competition, Scottish Edge and Higgs Edge. Uh, we're, we're moving that to 60-40 with the next round and it may be at a later stage those ratios change again mm-hmm. um, because one thing that and, and I think this is the right approach is that the, the government feel that their job is to try and help things get started and if they can they can put some funding in and some support and, and some board support or, or, or whatever through their staff uh, advisory board support then that can really help something get off the ground but it's not their job to fund something in perpetuity. So mm-hmm. you do have to bear that in mind. Yeah. I think there's parts of the competition, like our young age part, which is for young people aged 18 to 30, and wildcard age, which is for early stage pre-trading businesses, will possibly always be able to attract some sort of grant funding for those because there is, if you like, market failure in those, those um, sectors, if you like. Mm-hmm. But with the main competition, I do, you know, realise that, that we may not have a source of grant funding for that for forevermore. Yeah. So I do want to create it that um, EDGE will be able uh, to become a sustainable loan fund and my hope is that this government and subsequent governments will continue to provide some form of grant funding to also make it attractive and, and appealing to the people that come into the competition. Yeah, yeah. It, it might be really helpful to, if you're able to give an overview as to <clears throat> what the end-to-end process is. So from people applying to then the judging to the potentially then receiving money, like how does it all work? Right, okay, no, no, you're right actually because it's p- probably looking in, people think, well, how do you get from that to yeah, standing uh-huh. on stage? <laughs> uh, no, that's a good question. Well, if we, we look at the last round, it's probably good to, to, to talk about a specific case. So we started off with 240 applications, which we were delighted with and was a slight increase on the last two rounds. We then um, divide those applications up amongst 10 what we call first stage assessment days. And for each of those first stage assessment days, 
we recruit a panel of six judges. And those six judges reflect the sector that we look at on those first stage assessment days. So at the moment we have tech days, science days, food and drink, uh, creative, oil and gas. Um, I think I've covered them all. Um, and then we have some general days. And the, the panels that we recruit, so if we have a, a, a science day, clearly it's someone with a science background, someone who's a science entrepreneur, um, if it's creative sector, then it will be someone who's working in the creative industry. So we try to make sure that the judging panel reflect the sectors that we're looking at and have some expertise in that area. Mm -hmm. We also always try, um, interestingly, to get some of our former um, edge winners onto the panels, so, Good idea. Um, which is great. Yeah. So these panel members, these judges are then sent copies of, well in this case it was 24 applications they got each. They have two weeks to read, read over them, to prepare questions and then they get together as a group, watch each three minute pitch video and then talk through each application in detail and score it against the six assessment criteria. Mm. We then collect those scores but really importantly and back to what I said earlier about adding value, we collect the detailed feedback from the six panel members and we capture that on our CRM system. So we then do that over 10 days, 24 applications a day and uh, Stephen and I travel around so we do days in Glasgow, Edinburgh, Inverness, Aberdeen, Dundee, Stirling, Fife, so there's a lot of mileage yeah. but also what that means is that we're involving people across the entire Scottish business community in this judging process mm -hmm. and also we are very um, keen to be seen as a national competition and not something that's just Edinburgh based or Glasgow based. We're a wee bit guilty of that in Scotland and, and we kind of wanted to get past that so if we mm. feel if we're spending a couple of days up in Aberdeen, a couple of days up in Inverness, making the effort to get in the car or get in the train, I, you know, I think it does improve the messaging that we genuinely see ourselves as a national competition. Mm -hmm. So at the end of that process, we then have scores, individual scores for all 240 businesses and individual feedback points for those. And we then break those down. So we have uh, our semi-finalists and this time I think we took 58 to the semi-final stage. We took around 22 to our Young Edge final and 22 to our Wildcard Edge final. So around 100 of those original 240 then got to the next stage. Mm -hmm. And that's the pitching stage where um, they come in, pitch for three minutes, get Q&A for seven minutes and then are scored again. Okay. Um, and then that whittles it down further. With the Wildcard Edge and, and Young Edge categories, they then the judges then made the decision on who received the prizes. Mm -hmm. With the semi-final, the judges are making the decision as to who goes to the final, um, and that that's kind of how it works. So yeah. it is a very detailed, thorough process. Absolutely. Um, and as I say, at the first stage with the paper assessment, and at the second stage with the pitching, um, mm -hmm. at each stage there's detailed feedback captured and shared with the people that are coming through the process. Super. What are some of the things that the, the judging panel look for? You know, how can competitors stand out? Well, I think, I, th I think the key thing when I talk to someone is, is there something innovative in what you do? That's, that's the key thing. It's, it's innovation that we're looking for. But, but we're looking for innovation that is attractive to the customer. So it mm -hmm. all sort of cascades through. Um, 
because obviously someone com can come up with a, an innovative idea, but, but no one wants it. So yeah. um, it has to be something that's innovative and they, they can prove that there is some interest in that from, from potential customers. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at innovation, we're looking at entrepreneurial spirit, we're looking at business growth potential, uh, we're looking at customer focus, then we look at how they want to use our funding and whether or not they are um, risk aware. So mm. those are the six um, criteria that we score against with each stage of the competition. Um, and that tends to, to generate the, the conversation around each business. But okay. I would say if you were coming into EDGE, the key thing that I would talk to you about is, is, is first of all, what's innovative about what you do. And if you mm -hmm. have had this idea, how, how far have you taken it? Have you had discussions with anyone? How do you know it's it's um, something that people would be interested in? Yeah. And have you had a look at the market you would go into? And what is your potential um, addressable market? Mm -hmm. So 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 those are the kinds of conversations that I would have with with when people ask me about age. So for example, I was mm -hmm. at a dinner last night and someone said, "Oh, could I enter age?" And I had to say. No, it sounds like you've got a fabulous business, mm -hmm. but it's not actually what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you, I read an article that you actually wrote about um, kind of pros and cons or, or things that you would look for and things that you shouldn't do, I suppose. And you mentioned, you know, passion and honesty, innovation, engagement with customers, worthwhile use of prize money, make an effort. Uh -huh. <laughs> and where people tend to fall down is kind of the me, me, me type mentality that you know it's about them as opposed to their team and yes. perhaps bloating or slightly unrealistic figures. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm really not fond at all of the um, I'm going to do um, 20 million turnover in three years type <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. I think that's also my experience because I've worked with some absolutely phenomenal entrepreneurs who, who obviously even with even phenomenal entrepreneurs with phenomenal ideas, uh -huh. you know, the, just the, the sheer reality of delivering those level of sales, I just think it's, it's crazy that people think that that's actually possible. Mm. Um, the only business I've ever come across that has just blown me away with its turnover figures was actually Genius Gluten-Free. Oh, right. Lucinda Bruce Gardine. Uh -huh. ah, phenomenal. Yeah. But uh, that's probably the only business I've ever come across that really, you know, it was al almost like, um, you know, you, you just looked at it and thought, what, is that even humanly possible? Um, but yes, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not, not fond of that. I think much more, you know, genuinely realising what it takes to make sales and the team you need to build, the logistics, the, the cash, uh, I, th I think, uh, yeah, um, realism, I think is important. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, teams are so, so important. Um, and so sometimes when we look at entrepreneurial spirit, we don't just look at the individual, we look at the team they've amassed around them, but then that tells you so much about them. Because um, it's funny, I was doing this uh, presentation on Monday to um, 75, 12 to 14 year olds at the Festival of Youth Enterprise run by Young Enterprise Scotland. And I was doing a, a pitch about the characteristics of an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I see that actually I see a lot in the entrepreneurs that I work with is niceness, which <laughs> doesn't always sound like it's a, it's a trait that you would like. But I, yeah. I, I think that people that are nice um, and that people really like, they will get behind them they will find ways to support them, they will lend them money, hmm. they will help them and, you know, so actually I see a lot of the people I know that have been really successful is because people really like them and they want them to succeed. 
Yeah. Um, so it's actually a really useful thing, mm-hmm. um, is if you can be a, a, a very likable individual. How do you how do you go about that? How do you become more likable? <laughs> I don't know actually. <laughs> um, but I think well, I don't I don't know. A lot of that, I guess, is also about having a you know having a purpose and a vision and being able to get people behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah but yes, I think the ability to to build and manage and lead teams. Um, is is really important actually you know when, again when I look across the the successes that I've seen um, both at the, the the growth fund and the edge that's that's been absolutely fundamental mm-hmm. uh, getting people behind you mm-hmm. um, I mean not necessarily staff but advisors supporters people that really want you to succeed makes a big difference yeah you've had some amazing success stories as well um, I was looking on your, your website, Malsey, Beer 52, and there's a, there's a few others as well that I've not noted down, but... Yes, uh, well, there's a lot of ones which have become um, quite well known in, in terms of popping up again and again in, in, in different um, articles in the Scotsman or the Herald or, or just in LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Appointed. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And, and, and Leah's absolutely fantastic. and. What's interesting is how she she took her business from from an initial, you know, I guess quite modest idea to start off with, um, mm. to to essentially you know a global product. Yeah. Uh, I think that's absolutely wonderful, and again, um, amazing at harnessing resources, support, funding, team around her, mm-hmm. um, and around her vision. Uh, so I, I I admire her a lot, um, but we see some that are perhaps more quiet, but are very exciting. So for example, some of our product businesses like Turtle, the sleep scarf. I don't know if you've oh, come across right, that okay. one. I might have done. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Very, very interesting uh, guys. Uh, <laughs> would, would be good to speak to actually. Here. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> Uni, the pizza oven business. I've not heard of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, they have basically, well, I really admire people that have a really strong vision and are very ambitious. And two that spring to mind uh, are Joe Chidley of Beauty Kitchen. And Joe currently sells her Beauty Kitchen products, which are, are um, organic, uh, cruelty-free beauty products through every Holland and Barrett store in the world and also through her own outlet mm-hmm. and online and has a real vision to, to be um, a significant um, player in the beauty industry in the next five years and, and, and also has a fantastic product line to back that up. Um, and then Uni, they, um, their founder, Christian and his wife, um, they came up with the idea to have a portable pizza oven because at the time they wanted to make great pizzas. Domestic ovens don't make wonderful pizzas. Mm-hmm. Pizza ovens are ridiculously expensive and so they thought so Christian thought, you know what, I'm going to develop my own pizza oven. How you get from there to there, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But he came up with a portable pizza oven and it's still the uh, the cheapest, most portable pizza oven in the market at uh, £200. But he has a vision to be one of the top five global cooking brands by 2020. Uh, and you know what, I think he'll get there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so... That I really admire when I see your Scottish Edge businesses that, that are really focused on, on, on growing. Yeah, I, w- I was going to actually come back to this point. I think it's really interesting. 
because um, you said you like when people have big goals, big ambitions. That seems to kind of go against the grain of the old school Scottish mentality, or or certainly I, I don't. Maybe that's just a, a perceived thing that you know kind of don't don't have too big aspirations. You know, kind of keep a lower profile. What's for you will not go by you. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, absolutely, I, I, and I think I, th- I think you're right. I think that that is a general mentality mm-hmm. that you know just sort of it's almost kind of know your place and, yes. and don't think uh, you know what's going to happen to you is going to happen to you and don't reach too far <laughs> yeah. above yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think that philosophy sits well with, with our desire um, and uh, our desire at Scottish Edge. My desire for us to to create some hopefully create some businesses within Scottish Edge or help in a... Because I always have to remind myself about that because we, we have a bad habit of talking about our winners and so on. I, I do I, I do genuinely believe that we, we just play a small part in that. I think we play a significant part, but it is mm-hmm. a small part. We put in an amount of money which will hopefully, with, with, with the right individuals and the right opportunities, will enable them to push their business forward. But ultimately, it's them that's doing it. But our hope is that we will um, put that small amount of money into some businesses that will make a really big difference. And they're only going to make a really big difference if, like Christian, they have a vision, they have a goal, yeah. and they amass the, the, the team, the resources, the board members, the support around them to reach that goal. And mm-hmm. they, they believe that they can, they can do that. Mm-hmm. So, mm. um, but don't get me wrong, I mean, what we do find is through Scottish Edge as well is that we do put money into businesses that start off with real, you know, real ideals, real, um, you know, wanting to, to, to grow tremendously. And then, you know, somewhere along the line, perhaps they don't quite get the breaks they want or their ideas change, their lives change and then they become more of a lifestyle business. And so they're still mm-hmm. running a business, they're yeah. still employing a, a small team, but they don't quite have those aspirations anymore. I think like any typical fund, we have a mix. We have we have some real high flyers. We have some that, um, I guess, have the potential to go either way. And then we do have some that are, that are struggling a bit. Um, yeah. And that, that's, that, that's the way it's going to be. And, and we accept that. Yeah. But it, uh, when when did this happen that Scotland became, you know, on a on a global scale, this sort of hub for entrepreneurship? <laughs> in the last few years, and yeah. yeah, I mean, having been working in this sector, this is absolutely the most exciting time yeah. to have been in, involved. And and I do think a lot of it is to do with the people that are in the roles. Um, so people like Sandy Kennedy. Mm-hmm. who his vision is for Scotland to be seen as the most entrepreneurial society in the world. Now, you know, really, you know, a few years ago, he might have said that to someone and they would have said, really, Sandy? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he said, yes, really, why not? Why, why can't we be that, that mm-hmm. society? Why can't we um, amass our resources around that goal? Yeah. Um, and then I do think, of course, that we've been extremely lucky in the government support that we've got mm-hmm. um, and the entrepreneurship department within Scottish government that not only you know, created the Can Do initiative and very much message consistently about the importance of business and entrepreneurship in Scotland, but also put their money where their mouth is 
and they do pump prime a number of initiatives. So they do what I was saying they will do with age as well. They support and then they gradually back off and, uh, and, you know, and, and hope that that initiative will reach sustainability and, and move forward. Yeah, yeah. What do you think um, are some of the things that, that Scotland as a nation do well? Um, well, I do think that we um, we have a disadvantage with our size, but I also think it's a tremendous advantage. Mm -hmm. So, so back to me talking about the people and the relationships. So, I would say that um, a lot of the people that are really driving forward, that the focus on entrepreneurship, know each other um, and support each other. We don't necessarily know each other very well. For example, obviously, what what Jamie is doing at Codebase is tremendous. Mm. Um, we've still not managed to find, uh, you know, I've not managed to find any time in his diary to to to, to spend with him. Mm. Um, but I do refer people a lot to Codebase. I do get a lot of information from the, the people we work with within Codebase about the amazing work that that uh, that, that that they're doing. Mm -hmm. I think in general the sort of key players um, know each other and support each other so I think that's something that we do well in a number of industries actually um, is that sort of benefit of um, you know being a small country and, and, and everybody knowing each other and, and getting behind a, a particular message of, um, of support. Mm -hmm. In terms of um, well, I suppose I do tend to think of, I, I look at, around me and see a lot of very, very, very hard-working people. Um, but I guess that's not unique to Scotland. But I do think we, when, 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 when we've got an ambition and a desire, uh, then we, we, we work really, really hard uh, to achieve that. Um, but I'm trying to think what else is unique to Scotland. I think we're very inclusive. Mm -hmm. And I think... That is something that I'm particularly proud of as a Scot, particularly, I would say, during just the, the current election campaign. Mm -hmm. um, I do like the fact that, in fact, a lot of the things that are on the agenda in other parts of the country, we, we don't have on the agenda here because actually I think we're incredibly welcoming. Um, in fact, I do believe that if, if the Scots had their choice, they would have much a much firmer hand on how we deal with immigration in this country. Mm -hmm. So I like to think that actually we are much more welcoming. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Is there anything you think we could do a bit better? Well, I guess that would be, I mean, I have been involved in discussions around um, sort of UK policy mm -hmm. on immigration. And I think that if the Scottish government could get some responsibility for that, I think there would be some differences. And I think that's mm -hmm. a that would be for pragmatic reasons, as well as back to the, you know, the sort of emotional reasons and inclusivity reasons. We do suffer um, through exporting too many of our own people. Um, we do need great people to come here. Yeah. Um, and we do want people to come and work and live in Scotland. We do want to continue to attract world-class students to our world-class universities. Mm -hmm. So I think that actually we, it, it would be very positive for us as a nation if we could have um, a, a greater control of that. And I do know from talking to the businesses that we support as well of, of the real genuine concerns over access to talent 
after Brexit. Mm -hmm. And also, of course, through Scottish Edge, we have worked with a number of EU nationals who are living here, some of whom I had one very panicked uh, getting in touch with me saying, I'm really worried about what's going to happen. Really? Um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I live here, I, I, I'm settled here, I'm committed to running a successful business here, yeah. um, but I'm worried. Um, so, mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's something I think we could do better if, if, if that was possible for us. Yeah. What do you think about the representation of women in executive and, and leadership roles in Scotland? Um, I always think we could do better. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think we could do better in, in age with more women winners. Um, we do fairly well in terms of numbers coming into the competition, but somewhere along the line we seem to... So, so I think we get around 35 to 40% coming into the competition mm -hmm. and then around 20 to 25 to 30% of the overall winners okay. um, are women and I'm not quite sure why we are not as attracting as many women as we should so it's, it's an area mm. we are going to look at um, even down to for example we're about to create an online application process and I've got a couple of meetings coming up with people to look at the language that we use um, to make sure that's inclusive oh, right. um, in many different ways, uh, inclusivity and diversity are, are issues that we're concerned with at our board, and we want to try and make sure we're, you know, we're reflecting our desire to be an inclusive and diverse competition. Yeah. Um, so, so we're starting to pay attention to, to, to some of these things, or looking at them in a bit more detail. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, I do think even down to judges. Actually, one of the things we're going to do, we always try and have at least forty percent of our judges as women. So this, with the next round, we're going to make that a policy. So it has to be. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. Just instead of like that's your aspiration. So uh -huh. Let's not make it an aspiration. Let's write it down, publish it, and do it. Mm -hmm. So, um, so these are small changes, but I think significant. Definitely. But yes, I think um, I, I, I'm a huge supporter of Women's Enterprise Scotland. And I, I personally work quite closely with them, so any initiatives that I can support of theirs, I, I try and do. And I think that they're, they're having a really positive impact in Scotland, actually. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. That's great to hear. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would have done differently in your career, in retrospect? Uh, it feels weird to say no, but actually... No, I think I, th I think I've been so lucky, um, but actually, if, where I think I've been luckiest is that I've had the good fortune to work with some really inspirational people. Mm -hmm. um, I think having a really good boss can make a massive difference. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that can also make a massive difference to a woman as well in terms of the the confidence it can give you. But I think yes, I think good leadership. And it's something I I, um, I feel passionate about. It's, it's, it's a whole area we're looking at around age is leadership training for our, our, our winners. We've been talking about that for a while because I think good leadership is not just important in terms of, of what it does for a business moving forwards. It's what it does for the people that have the benefit of receiving that. Mm. It can have a, a real impact on how they develop as individuals and what they feel they're capable of and what they can go on to do. So 
Um, one, the, so I worked with a, a particular leader at the Princess Scottish Youth Business Trust called Mark Strudwick. And what's been interesting for me is that, so we were the management, almost everybody in his management team has subsequently gone on to become a chief executive or CEO themselves. So he created leaders, and I think a leader that creates leaders is, is, is someone very special. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's a great answer. I really like that. If you weren't doing what you're currently doing, what do you think you would be doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I do know the answer to that, actually, which is I would probably... I, 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 I guess the one thing that, that I might like to do, or maybe the thing that, that uh, yeah, that I would do next is I would quite like to go into an innovative high growth startup that's really? at an exciting point and, and, and see um, if I could practice what I preach many <laughs> years later. Um, yeah. So sometimes I look at businesses and think, God, I'd love to work there um, because that product's amazing and that team's amazing and, and there's so much you could do there and it's so exciting. Uh -huh. So, so I, I guess that would be the thing actually. I suppose it would also be nice to be, you know, a, a, an investor director. You know, I do come across those t those people a lot, and and uh, I think they can have a fabulous impact on on businesses. So that's that that's quite a nice role as well, where you're you're not in the middle of just one business, but you're actually involved in a few. So I think yeah. that's that, that would be a nice a, a nice thing to do. Yeah. yeah. How do you define an entrepreneur? How do I define an entrepreneur? I think it's it is someone who. Um, has the courage, uh, has identified an opportunity and has the courage to run with it um, and to persevere with it mm. and to, to take people uh, with them on that journey. Um, I guess it's probably, yeah, would, would be my answer. It's uh -huh. <laughs> a good answer. Uh -huh. It's a tough question. Yeah, it's a tough question. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, obviously there are, because we, we, we miss that out a lot. There are entrepreneurs as well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we kind of often for, often forget to mention those people. But um, there are amazing people working um, all over the place doing very entrepreneurial things, in, 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 not in a business setting, but in charities and events. I mean, I met this woman last night at dinner who single-handedly runs the Glasgow Jazz Festival. So, you know, well, that's an amazing yeah. series of events. and. She, she brings people to get together at the time to enable it to work, but all year round she is the person that, that, that puts that on. Mm -hmm. So, incredibly interesting individual. So, of course, I signed her up to be a judge at Scottish Age. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> How do you think the, the west coast of Scotland differs to the, the east? We're not much nicer in the west. <laughs> 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 um, well, uh, I think we do see, in terms of um, in terms of businesses, actually, we, we tend to we tend to be slightly busier in Edinburgh. But I, I almost think that's kind of what you would expect because we, we do have a lot of tech businesses because yeah. um, you know Edinburgh has that benefit of having. A, I, th I think almost you know self styled itself as a tech hub, and it's almost like having done that. It's helped to create that, which yeah. is. It, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, I do. It, yeah, it's, uh, it, that's been fantastic. So we almost get about the same level of interest, but slight, slightly more in Edinburgh. In terms of the the, the differences, um, 
I suppose I think it's a, a the East has a slightly more diverse population um, in, in terms of the tourists and the, 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 the students and, and the PhD students. So we tend to get um, that's slightly reflected in some of the applications that we get. But I, I, I split myself between both cities and I, I don't see, I, I think there's more made of it than hmm. there actually is. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see much difference, uh, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Slightly different, um, slightly different socially. I think you have more fun on a night out in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> Um, it's, it's been great speaking to you, finding out more about yourself and hearing all about Scottish Edge. I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Um, and certainly some of your views on entrepreneurship. These, I think it's, some of these are quite pointed questions. So, uh -huh. um, yeah, no, thank you for, for answering them as, as well as you have and handling them. I'd like at this stage to maybe peel back the layers of the onion a little bit more right, okay. and, and kind of handle some of the, the bigger, um, more philosophical topics. We'll start with purpose. Um, that's very much the, the the mission and the ambition of the show is to encourage people to really think about what their their purpose is. What do you feel is your own purpose? Um, well, I, I think I can probably answer that in two two different ways actually. So if, if we we look at work, um, I, I very much feel that that I get. I feel it's almost like vicarious joy from even in just a tiny way helping someone. Mm -hmm. So um, if, if, if what I can do or I can do through my team can help someone to make the right connection, to get the funding they need to move forward, to meet a potential team member, anything like that at all, I, I do actually um, think that I'm very lucky that I get to spend my time doing that and, and so that, that gives me a feeling of, of living my life with purpose mm. um, which I said which I remember reading a quote from Ariana Huffington and she was saying if you can live your life with purpose you will be genuinely happy mm. uh, and I feel that I am one of the very lucky people in life that I, I, I have that inherently built into what I've been able to do and to make my living out of. Mm -hmm. um, I also, though, from a personal point of view, I'm the very proud mother of two children. And I also think that one of my purposes in life is to hopefully create two happy, healthy, um, you know, adults who um, contribute to society, hmm. uh, that are a pleasure to be around, that uh, are confident in a nice way and articulate well-mannered uh, and I, I think that's very important as well actually I think I think parenting is something we we perhaps don't value as much as we should so so I do I, I do think that that's extremely important to me and in fact um, I still say to my children that that's my most important job it's not CEO at Scottish Edge it's being their mum so, and I feel very strongly um, about that because I, I think that that's, that's key. I love that. That's great. <laughs> really good answer. What would you like your legacy to be? Uh, two great children. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, two great adults. Um, I would like, I, I, I suppose, 
um, I would like my legacy to be that I have uh, I have helped some people along the way. It's as simple as that, actually. Yeah. Even if that's just in a minor way, that if I've helped some people along the way, then that's great. Because I think that the impact of that, I think, uh, can be great. If you can help someone to create a business that creates jobs, that brings some funding into its local community, that perhaps... That, that business also does a little bit of voluntary work or donates. There's, there's just, there's, there's just a, an endless cycle of potentially positive things, I think, that come mm. out of business. But I, I do, in general, feel very positive about business. But, um, yeah, I think, I think, if, if, uh, yeah, I think if, if that can be my legacy, then I would be very happy with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> How do you define success? Um... Again, that's a tricky one because um, because I am happy for for businesses that get to the stage where it's able to afford some um, material benefits um, to the the owner directors, but often that's because you see how much of a struggle it is for them mm -hmm. going forward. I mean, um, Ken on my team and I were talking recently about a client that I know quite well who he'd worked with a few years ago and he was talking about the fact that he had he used to pull two tins out of the cupboard in the incubator that he was in at lunchtime and one was a, like a tin of vegetable soup and the other was a tin of carrots which he would pour into the vegetable soup <laughs> and heat up in the microwave oh. and that was basically, which really does not sound, <laughs> but that was his lunch because okay. it was like less than a pound. And he was so determined to build his business and he wasn't taking any funding out of his business, he was putting everything back in. So when I see that that person now has, is able to buy himself you know, a, a car or, or is putting a down payment on a flat, then I feel very pleased for them because I know about how tough it was to get to that stage. Mm -hmm. I think success, I guess, is, is, is having that vision and, and being able to, to, to get there or to work towards that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think to be happy, actually. You know, mm. and I don't think you know. I don't think happiness necessarily comes from um, material things. It, it obviously makes life a little bit easier, mm -hmm. but you get rich unhappy people is what I think. So it's 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 more about um, being being able to achieve your objectives in some way, um, yeah. and also I think if you can do that and have a positive impact on other people, then that makes you very happy. Mm. Who or what inspires you? Um, well, obviously, like a lot of people, I get inspired by, uh, you know, well-known entrepreneurs. I mean, I admire Bill Gates because of his foundation, mm -hmm. actually, more than, than anything else, actually, what, what he does through that, um, I love. Uh, I was lucky enough to be at the... President Obama dinner recently. Oh, are you? I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> uh, I do like Ariana Huffington. I think uh, she has a lot of really interesting things to say. I'm sure you, so that's someone you've uh, tuned into quite a bit because mm. of your uh, focus on purpose. But actually, I get inspired by the people round about me. Um, so I get inspired by the, the businesses I'm, I'm lucky enough to work with. Mm -hmm. um, people like Leah Hutchin, who I mentioned either uh, earlier, I find her very inspiring. Um, I also have a friend actually who's a head teacher in a really difficult area. Um, 
and what she's doing inspires me as well. So it's not always about business. I, I get inspired by people that, that you know, are really passionate about what they do and, and are prepared to go all out to, mm -hmm. to achieve it. Um, well, with a bit of a work-life balance, as Ariana Huffington always recommends. But yeah, yeah. I would say, um, but in general, people that have a, a little bit of a purpose attached to what they do as well mm -hmm. is important to me. Hmm. You, you, you definitely, or you certainly seem and talk as though you're very passionate about business. Where do you think that comes from? I think it, it is to do with the opportunity for business to have a positive impact on society. So I think it's, I mean, I do get excited about uh, interesting products and services and tech like the rest of us, uh -huh. but it's, it, for me, it is about that ability for people to create their own jobs, to create jobs for a team, to, 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 to bring money back to Scotland. So it's, it's what business does that I'm excited about rather mm. than the thing itself. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think I'm passionate about um, business as an opportunity for change. Uh, I'm I'm very with Tom Hunter on that. He talks a lot about that. You know that if we can use business to help create our own wealth, then then other people benefit. It's not just about it's not just business for um, you know the entrepreneurs. Say I'm not yeah. not excited about business because it then means someone can buy a sports car. I'm excited <laughs> about business because ultimately I think it can be good for Scotland. It can be good for communities. Yeah, <laughs> very good answer. <laughs> what's what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Right now I'm going to try to struggle to uh, to to get this. So it was. It was actually something that I just picked up at a talk, and I can't remember who said it, but someone I know who uses this sort of saying over and over again is, is Jeff Leesk, who runs Young Enterprise Scotland, who I, I worked with for a number of years, and I'm a big fan of Jeff and a big fan of what he does at Young Enterprise Scotland. He's an absolutely fantastic person. And it is that um, people don't care about what you know if once they know that you care. And I think that um, it's back to that thing I was saying earlier about relationships. So I think that one of the things that we try to do at, at Scottish Edge, and one of the things that I suppose I try to do in general in my working life, is, is get over the fact that we care. So it's not just any other competition, I, I do believe that. Um, mm -hmm. We recognise that you have taken the time to come into the competition. We recognise that you have put yourself on the line. So we want to show you that we acknowledge that and we care about you. So we, we give you advice, we pass you on to people. We, I mean, of those 240 applications in the last round, Stephen, who I work with, is, is wonderful at talking to people and talking through their ideas and listening to them. And I said to him last week, Stephen, how many of those 240 have you spoken to this round? 80. So I've probably spoken to about 20. So that's hmm. about 100 we've actually spent time on the phone with through the process, mm -hmm. talking to them, just chatting to them about their ideas, just trying to help. So I think it's important to show you care. That's more important than showing what you know. 
Yeah. That's so, such a good quote. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I don't think I've quite got it right, but if it, I'll ask you. It <laughs> and I'll, good. And I'll, I'll send it to you who actually said it. <laughs> Perfect. So, but uh, I'm kind of paraphrasing him, paraphrasing someone else. But <laughs> yeah, it's they, yeah. Cool. If you had the opportunity to speak to your 20-year-old self, what would you say? Uh, oh. I would probably say, well, I would probably say work hard uh, to, and, you know, I, I would probably say, work, yeah, work hard. Remember that life is all about people. And um, if you do that, then, and you, you follow your passion, then you might be lucky enough to, uh, to get into the situation where you, you're, 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 you're happy with what you're doing. And I can't, I'm kind of saying that because that's actually what I say to my children. Mm -hmm. So, because one of the things, because, um, my children are, are, are studying a lot just now, so they're focused very much on qualifications. And I don't have masses of qualifications. I have a degree and I have a diploma in marketing. So you're saying, well, Mum, how come if you didn't get a first class, you know, you didn't get five A's in your hires, you didn't get a first class degree in St Andrews, how did you manage to get a good job? So that, that, my children have actually said that to me, how did you manage to get a good job? And I said, I've always, I, I have always worked really hard in what I do. I've always tried to give it a hundred percent. I've always tried to deliver. That was uh, one of the things. Um, the really great boss that I worked with, Mark Strudwick, said, "You deliver," and I think that's really important. You know, you just don't you don't talk about things. You actually get mm -hmm. on and do it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think working hard is important, but also it's important to develop relationships along the way and to try and and, and deliver on those relationships. So I think those, that's probably what I would say. But also, back to what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about you, is that if you're following your passion as well, yeah. uh, I think that that's, that's fantastic if you, if you can take the risk of doing that, because for some people feel that's a genuine risk. Mm -hmm. like if you can take the risk of doing that, then you can be lucky enough for, I think a combination of all of those things can, can help create, hopefully, the life that you want <laughs> to live. Yeah. A soup son of likability as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, that helps. <laughs> if you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why? Anything in the world? Anything in the world. <sighs> right, well then that, 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 that's got to go, I think. If I could change anything in the world, well actually I would change more than one thing. I'm sorry, I'm going to be greedy. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm intrigued. Well, it w it, I, I would want people to have access to clean water and food. Mm -hmm. That's what I would change. I still think it's... I mean, when you hear about food waste, one of the businesses that was pitching yesterday was talking about that the, the level of food waste is a disgrace yeah. um, that we live with, that we tolerate, that we think is acceptable. Um, so that's something that I would change. And and also I think it's, 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 it's awful that in, um, you know, Countries like India, you still can't access clean drinking water, mm -hmm. despite you know the huge advances in in in, 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 uh, in business in India and technology and so on. So I suppose I would change that. But also, I would love for us to live in a, a world with no war. But um, I don't know if that's a, that 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 just mm -hmm. always seems like a dream, like a dream I've had since a child, and still no closer to that. 
Yeah. If anything, it's got worse. Yeah. Know, which is disappointing. Very disappointing. Gee, well, there's some uh, entrepreneurial challenges that people can, can look at. Yeah, I mean, the, the, interestingly, Power of Youth and uh, We Are the Future through an initiative called Future X uh -huh. are working with um, the Water Innovation Service and oh, is it Hydro Nation in Scotland looking at the whole issue of clean water in India. So that's an exciting project. Yeah. Um, and it's basically trying to take the sort of cleverness and the, uh, that we've developed here and the, the sort of uh, the Scottish minds and their skills and experience and taking them over and matching them with their counterparts in India mm. and looking at the challenge that the Indians have from a Scottish perspective and trying to bring their thoughts on how the Indians solve that challenge. So a really interesting project going on at the moment. And yeah, I think absolutely. that's uh, fantastically exciting because that, yeah, using Scottish innovation to solve a problem in another country. Yeah, Brilliant. that's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Brilliant. Evelyn, thank you so much. It's been a, a really fantastic interview. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> you're absolutely welcome. Genuinely, it's been brilliant to hear um, a lot of your sort of views on things and certainly from a, a woman in a, like a senior executive position as well. I think <laughs> you have some really interesting perspectives on things. So thank you so much and thank you so much for your, your, your transparency, your candour, your honesty. <laughs> right, it's been great. You. Thanks, that's great. <laughs> thanks so much. Oh, can I relax now? <laughs> you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for listening to Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and find us on social media and leave us a review on iTunes. Many thanks.